friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Culp. I'm the publisher and CEO at cuinsight.com. And it is my job on the show to have conversations with all of the thought leaders who support the credit union community. We get to spend some time together identifying those issues that are affecting credit unions and have a discussion on some of the best practices that exist out there so that we can all learn from one another and continue to grow our credit unions. Our guest on today's show is Christopher Stevenson, the Chief Learning Officer at Q's. We are so excited for the conversation. So with that, I will just jump right in. Christopher, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Well, I'd like to start with a little bit of background on you. You know, we always talk about most of us didn't really grow up thinking that someday we would get to work with credit unions. <laughs> and uh, in fact, a lot of folks have sort of fallen into the industry accidentally. But I'm curious, what did you want to be growing up? And what was really the inspiration for you to take the gig as Chief Learning Officer at Q's? So I, I never really knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. I fell into education because of a love of literature. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually began my career teaching middle school and uh, teaching kids about the importance of reading and enjoying literature. From that, I, I moved into developing training materials for teachers and uh, public school administrators, and then had my own business creating online training materials, instructional design for large corporations. From there, I, I joined Q's about 15 years ago, joined as the professional development manager. And since then, I've taken on some additional responsibilities and have had the privilege of seeing Q's grow and innovate and, and continuing to provide the top tier education for the, for the credit unit system. So I'm very proud of the work that we do at Q's, and I'm excited to be the, the chief learning officer for the organization. That's awesome. Well, it, it sounds like you guys have been really busy at Q's, especially over the last 18 months. But let's pretend for a second that you and I meet at a conference in person. And actually, we've gotten to do that a number of times, um, have had some, some virtual conversations too. I'm curious, though, for someone who didn't know what Q's does, could you give us the elevator pitch on what Q's is sure. and where you add value to credit unions? Yeah, so Q's is different. We're different than any other association in the credit union industry in that we are focused solely on educating and developing credit union staff and, and board members. We don't lobby. We're not an advocacy group, uh, which means that we don't necessarily have to toe the party line. We're able to show all the different sides of an issue to provide the best information so that credit union executives, uh, staff members, board members can make the, the, the right decisions for their organizations. We're known for our high-quality executive education. In fact, we, we partner with six of the top business schools in the world. And that standard of excellence sets the bar for everything that we do, whether it's a, a, a more traditional conference, one of our seminars, or online learning. We strive to provide the type of education for credit union folks that they would receive if they were to go to one of those top business schools. We, we provide the best subject matter experts industry thought leaders, and and so on, and lean towards uh, deep dive learning. We don't do, for the most part, short sessions where somebody walks away with just a taste of uh, the information. We want them to be able to walk away and apply it as soon as they get back to their office. 
That's incredible. Well, I definitely have heard, you know, so much good feedback about folks who have gone through a lot of your different learning programs. And as we were chatting before the show, I know your team mentioned that some of the feedback from your 2020 and 2021 surveys of credit union CEOs and HR executives indicates that maybe one of the greatest challenges they face is really providing enough time for their staff to participate in some of that ongoing professional development. I know we could all have a little bit more space in our lives for that professional development and learning. So can you talk more for us about the challenges that credit unions really face in the learning and development space? Well, it's, it's not necessarily unique to credit unions. When you look at what's happening across industries, when, when you look at surveys of HR and talent development executives, they repeatedly say that the time is a challenge. Staff are trying to accomplish what's been given to them uh, as they execute on their strategies. And oftentimes, professional development falls to the wayside. And that creates a, a, a real challenge for the long-term sustainability of the organization. In both 2019 and 2020, 2021, we have seen that the number one challenge related to talent development in credit unions is that finding the time to develop their people. But it's not necessarily a lost cause, but it takes discipline. As Drucker says, what gets measured gets gets managed. And organizations that want to succeed in talent development need to set goals for their employee development. Uh, they need to measure progress, have uh, regular uh, check-ins with their staff to see how they're progressing on their talent development and provide incentives as well as you know, very clear paths for advancement as new skills are developed. Again, it's not unique to credit unions, but it certainly presents a challenge to us as credit unions uh, because we are small but mighty. We're trying to compete against the big boys. Yeah, that, that's such a true statement. I mean, as we think about credit unions competing with some of the giant folks out there in financial services or even some of the emerging fintechs who maybe are, are looking at things a little bit differently. I know your team has been really hard at work to meet some of these challenges, especially over the last 18 months. And, and so I'm curious, what are some of the resources that Qs provides to help support credit union staff learning and development? And maybe how have those offerings that you've always had sort of changed since the pandemic? Sure. Yeah, make no mistake, our, our world was turned upside down just like everybody's was last year. And we had to postpone all of our in-person learning uh, throughout 2020 and the first part of 2021. But it gave us an opportunity to really look again at what we offer and the ways that we can provide value to the credit union system. Over the course of the pandemic, we expanded our partnership with Cornell University. We've always been a partner with them, actually, for the past 26 or 27 years. Um, on our CEO Institute program, but we expanded that to create custom uh, online learning for credit unions using their eCornell platform as the basis and then customizing and revising activities, discussion boards, and so on to meet the needs of credit unions. It really is designed to provide the content of, of Cornell University within the context of the credit union system. So in, in 2022, we'll be holding uh, six different online programs with Cornell based on feedback that we've received from our members. Uh, we are building out an HR analytics program, something that's focused on uh, strategy and digital marketing, because we know based on the pandemic how important it is that we best leverage our, our digital marketing channels. DEI, of course, which was one of our all-stars over the course of the past year, we actually had to hold a second diversity, equity, and inclusion program with Cornell because we had so many people who were interested in participating. We're adding a women in leadership program 
as well as a program that's focused on systems thinking and project management. And really what that's about is understanding how an organization works as a whole, breaking down the silos, thinking through and using tools so that you're able to predict challenges and problems that may come with uh, a project um, and, and who it may impact in that. And so that's also a new one, but also as many credit unions are developing uh, project management offices, one that we think brings a great deal of value. The last one that I'm very, very excited about, we launched it in, in 2021 and we hold it again in 2022, is our advanced management program. This is a, a program that's designed with Cornell to help high potential employees of credit unions build up a C-suite mindset, learning how the C-suite thinks about the challenges of the organization. How does the CEO think about strategy? How does the CFO think about finance and resource allocation and, and so on? And then applying those skills, so that mindset to their day-to-day -day work. Even if they're a manager in a branch, how can they be applying the same thought processes that the C-suite takes to their own work? So that's on the staff side. On the board side, we've built out a quarterly seminar series board directors called the High Performing Board Digital Series, um, and it's designed to be full board education. So an entire board can come and participate on a quarterly basis. Uh, they hear from top business school faculty as well as industry thought leaders, and then apply the lessons learned to their board practices. Um, it's all about walking away with a toolkit that helps them to improve as a board and improve their decision making. So a lot of work that's been done over the course of the past 18 months but it's changed the dynamic of what Q's brings to the credit union table. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I, I think we can't overstate the importance of board education enough to, especially as a lot of board members who don't always have that financial services background. So such cool work. And then thinking about the advanced management, you know, the, the war for talent is sort of raging on. And especially we've seen the job market shift so much over the last year or so. So I think we can't overstate the importance of some of these different professional development things that you all have of course, learning is probably near and dear to your heart, being the chief learning officer at Q's. And so I'm curious about your perspective from sort of your unique role. Do you think that the really robust and meaningful professional development that that is out there for credit unions, focusing on that, do you think that that really has the potential to impact our, the long-term sustainability of the credit union system? And how do you see that playing out? I mean, the, the more professional development, do you think that that is going to have that really, really um, defined impact in credit unions? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's broadly known that turnover is a challenge across industries, but the, the scope and the scale of that is not necessarily widely known. In 2020, staff attrition cost companies $680 billion. And we'd like to think that that number, a number that's as large as $680 billion, is due toward to uh, senior executives, high-paid executives leaving. But it, it really isn't. It's the, the mid-level manager, the VP looking for greater opportunity and investment in the careers. A third of the turnover of that $680 billion is due to a lack of development opportunity uh, within the, the employee's current organization. So they move on. Um, and, and credit unions aren't immune to that trend. You know, in that survey that I mentioned earlier in the, in the past two years, um, it's showing that credit unions are really struggling to find the time to have their employees invest in their own development. They've also shown that in many cases, especially in small and medium-sized organizations, it's easier for an employee to move to another organization for advancement than to, than to stay where they are. 
that puts the system at risk of losing essential talent and lagging behind the banks and non-traditional competitors like the fintechs and the neobanks who are paying more and, and doing a lot to try and bring in the right talent to be successful. Talent makes a difference and we have to do better. So things that we can do that are very, very practical. Um, you know, we, we can regularly talk with our employees about what they want to achieve in their careers and, and professional development. Uh, just on a, on a monthly basis, in a one-on-one, sit down and ask, you know, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? How do you want to get there? We need to invest in our employees uh, with stretch assignments. So when we talk about time being a problem with professional development, that's assuming that professional development is limited to formal classroom training or formal online learning. Uh, much of the professional development, in fact, most of the professional development that happens with staff happens through stretch assignments, committee assignments, giving them an opportunity to, to learn by doing. And, and we have to be able to give them that opportunity, not just get them stuck in the day-to-day, but then provide them formal training that supports their goals and organizational strategic, strategic initiatives. A lot of that can be done without even getting on a plane or staying in a hotel. Many of us are still, still kind of stuck in the mindset of talent development has to be a conference, has to be a meeting, has to be a, 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 an executive education course. It doesn't have to be those things. Programs like the eCornell certificate programs that I mentioned earlier provide a very time efficient way of developing our employees um, and giving them an opportunity to learn from the top business schools without ever having to leave home, without ever having to uh, worry about how their uh, young family, in some cases, may manage while they're out of town uh, without having to leave behind the day-to-day work. They can still get it done in three to five hours a week. But it does take intentionality and it takes discipline, but ultimately it's critical to our success as a credit union system. If we don't start to invest in our people, we're going to lose to our competitors. That That's such a great point. And I think your other point about, you know, formal classroom training doesn't have to be what professional development is. And there's so many ways that we can invest in our people even beyond that. I love hearing that, especially some of the focuses that you've had on, on virtual learning. So a question that I like to ask on this podcast is we've seen a lot of disruption in financial services over the past few years, especially the last 18 months. We're expecting yeah. even more disruption sort of as we go here. I'm curious what trends you're seeing overall and and where Q's focus really is when it comes to innovating to meet some of these challenges, um, whether that's sort of from a, a broad perspective or maybe from a more targeted learning and development perspective. Absolutely. And and I'll be honest, I mean, our, our primary focus is on educating to developing credit union staff and, and board members. And the same type of disruptions that credit unions are seeing in financial services we see on the side of, of education and talent development. So I'm focused on making sure that we provide the most effective professional development to credit union staff, executive and board members. Now, what I've seen over the course of the past 18 months is that many organizations that have historically been classroom providers of, of education are simply taking their content and their agendas and they're dropping them into an online conference platform. Uh, without really regard for the strengths or the weaknesses of the online conference environment or technology or the user experience. The outcome is, to to put it mildly, weak. The online learning experience is dramatically different from a classroom experience, and effective learning happens differently. Um, That's why we're investing so much to ensure that the online learning experience rivals or exceeds the, the classroom program. 
Um, we take into account the ways people learn online. We optimize learning experience based on the platform. And we make sure that we're measuring growth and providing the tools that allow somebody to take something that they learn online and apply it as soon as they get back to the office. And, and I'd contend that our uh, certificate programs, our online certificate programs, whether a two-month HR analytics program or a nine-month advanced management program for high potential leaders, provides uh, better outcomes, improved learnings, and better application to the day-to-day job than any online conference out there, creating in specific or, or otherwise. I'm very, very proud of the work that we've done and the ways that we've adapted our learning to really flow smoothly and effectively through an online medium. That's incredible. Well, I, I think we've seen so many cool things coming out from Qs, and and to your point, some of those virtual things can be just as impactful, if not more impactful, than than just going to a conference or, or trying to learn that way. So, so cool to hear. Um, I'm curious as we start to wrap up here, if, if there was one thing that you think credit unions need to do better to stay relevant in our mm-hmm. fast changing financial services marketplace, what would that one thing be? You have to invest in your people. You have to train them. You have to develop them so they can innovate and adapt to an ever-changing competitive environment. It's really that simple. That is so true. And definitely, we know that Qs has a lot of options for that. So we'll be linking in the show notes here of the episode to some of the options that you all have for professional development for credit unions. Really cool to see. So as we do wrap up here, we always like to have some fun with rapid fire questions to let our listeners get to know you a little bit better. So just like on the CU Insight Experience podcast or other podcasts, uh, the questions are rapid, but your answers don't have to be. So uh, we'll just dive in right here if you're all ready. (laughs) All right. All right. So what is a recent purchase you didn't know you needed that has become something that you cannot live without? It's a little thing, but it is a chainmail scrubber for cast iron cookware. So I love to cook in cast iron and chainmail is nothing more than, I mean, it's a little, looks like a, you know, little piece of, of, of chainmail, literally. Um, it's one of the best ways to keep cast iron clean and in good repair. So if you like to cook and you like cast iron, great investment. That is so good to know. I have a cast iron pan that has been sitting in my cabinet for about two years because I'm too intimidated <laughs> to use it. So <laughs> I'll add that to my list. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, when you hear the word success, who is the first person that comes to mind and why? Probably C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so C.S. Lewis is, is a, a, an author. A lot of people know him from, from the Narnia series. He was a Christian apologist. But but what I, what I really love about C.S. Lewis is he understood what he believed why he believed it, and he was able to defend his beliefs with logic and reason. He was also incredibly charitable um, and donated much of his wealth to those in need. So his character is something that I can aspire to. I've got a long way to go, but certainly something I can aspire to. Incredible. I love that. That's one we haven't heard on the podcast before. So C.S. Lewis, awesome. Yeah, random question. What are you listening to on Spotify? I'm going to date myself with this. I've been listening to old Genesis albums. So when before it was uh, Phil Collins and two other guys, Peter Gabriel was with, with Genesis and really kind of weird progressive stuff. Um, and, and so I, I've been listening to old Genesis albums. Um, I love the album called Nursery Crimes. Okay. Awesome. We'll link to that for all of our, uh, our audience today. Any books that you have gifted or that you just think everybody should read? I was reminded of today, somebody sent me an email with a link to a, an HBR article about this, this book. Uh, it's, a, it's called The Content Trap, and it is by Harvard Business School professor of strategy, Bharat Anand. And he looks at 
how digital transformation should favor fostering connectivity over focusing exclusively on content. So how do we build connections online versus just pushing information out? He also explores the differences uh, between what it's like to consume content in print uh, versus online. We, our minds are different. The way we process information when we're online is dramatically different than we're trying to read something that's in a book. And so we need to be able to adapt what we do in our, the delivery of our online uh, content to better match the way that our minds process that information. Great book. It's called The Content Trap. The Content Trap. All right, we'll add that to the list. I have not heard that one before, so I will I'll make sure to add that. Love all of the HBR work. All right, so let's say the calendar is empty. What do you do to unwind outside of work? Well, there, there are two answers to that. There's there's what I'm allowed to do when my calendar is <laughs> empty um, and, and what I end up actually doing. So when my calendar is absolutely empty, I have, I have a, a golden retriever and, and she does not allow me a whole lot of free time. A lot of frisbee and dog walking. <laughs> uh, but if I, actually, if I actually have the time to relax and play, I like to read. Um, I like to watch old westerns but only if my wife isn't around, she's not a big fan. Um, and I bake, I bake sourdough bread. So those, those are the, the, the three main things aside from the dog. Okay. That's incredible. We'll have to talk baking later. I got really into that over the, over the pandemic. So some braided <laughs> loaves and things. All right. Well, we'll link to everything that we talked about today in the show notes for our, our listeners. But my last question for you is, any final thoughts that you'd like to share or final asks that you have of our audience today? I can't emphasize enough how important it is to invest in your people. You know, whether you're a small organization or a large organization, uh, it's, it's critical that we look to our people first for the success of the organization. Uh, without high quality staff, without their continued development, we begin to lag behind. We become stagnant. Um, and innovative organizations, almost to an organization, are making significant investments in their people. If we want to play in that world, we've got to make the investment. Absolutely. Well, what a perfect way to end. We've got so much good stuff out there from Q's that we'll link to on the show notes today. So for everyone who wants to get in touch, I will also put your contact information out there so folks can learn more. Christopher, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks to all of our listeners today for tuning into the CU Insight Network. Until next time, stay well, and we'll hope to see you all in person sometime soon. Take care.